Hi, Kate. Hello again. Hello again. We're back here podcasting. It's a Sunday in New York. Um, Emma and I have been, you know, sending voice memos back and forth and just want to let the listeners know that the aura is off in New York right now. It's like full on, just like a freak show, I feel like. Freaks everywhere. (laughs) I walk. I'll give you through my walk last night. I was just like, I don't want to sit in bed for four hours. I was like, okay, let's break it up. Let's break it up. So I'm walking and I see someone throwing up in the middle of the street. (laughs) It's like almost freezing. What a great way to start your walk. Great day. Um, I walked down my old street where I used to live just to, you know, see if there's any of the locals um, like I could chat with. Um, I hear a lot of Christmas music. I see like someone playing like a trumpet or something outside of a restaurant, outdoor dining. There's people full on freak mode in like down coats eating like chicken wings. I'm like, please go inside. Like that looks terrible. Then I saw Sarah Jessica Parker at like a West Village restaurant. I was like, you know, the hands were too cold to take a photo, but yeah. as if you as if you would have taken a photo. Right. Yeah. I really was like insecure. I was like, it's dark outside. It's 8 p.m. Like I'm not doing this. And then I saw like a group of like nine people that looked like they have never been in New York City, like getting into an Uber, like a bunch of young people. I was like, there's no way you even know where you are right now. You guys are transplants and I'm confused. Yeah, everyone that I've seen that's, like, our age literally looks like they're from fucking, like, New Jersey. Um, Last night, there was, like, I swear to God, like, some sort of, like, race car thing going on, like, in the streets of New York. Like, you know, when, like, you just, like, hear the cars that are, like, have super loud motors or whatever? Um, That was occurring last night for me when I was trying to sleep, and it was just, like... It was not it. It was so loud. I was like, what the fuck is this? Uh, Yeah, New York is crazy right now. It's crazy, pointless, stupid. Like, Emma and I included, we keep saying, like, why the fuck is anyone here? And then we're like, well, we're here. Like, we get to be here for some reason, but everyone else can go. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Emma and I hung out yesterday in, like, an attempt to, you know, do something with our meaningless little lives. And we, like, (laughs) went into a health store, walked for, like, two miles, and we're just like, ugh. Didn't purchase a single thing. I don't. We know really, we really thought like coming into twenty twenty one, there'd be like some new food, but like no, same, same bullshit. <laughs> same apples, same oranges. There's no new food dropped by the universe. Like there's not even new brands. I was expecting. I don't even know. I think Whole Foods is like probably has new vendors, but these local health stores probably don't. Like, can we get a new CBD beverage that is overpriced and will make me feel nothing? I want like a new chocolate bar or nut butter. The nut butter deficit is really hurting out here. Yeah, but we have, we did finally uh, oh, true. Try, try the clean granola butter. And I gotta say, that shit, that shit is good. 10 out of 10. Honestly, 12 out of 10 for me. Yeah, she really did it. Like, it, you know, if you're sick of just having the same old nut butters, this one is like oats and maple syrup and, you know, flax seeds, a lot of different healthy ingredients. Yeah. Like if you're also like allergic to nuts or whatever, it's like definitely a good alternative. I think they're like, for, yeah, they just like have, it's like really good for anyone who has like any sort of aller- allergy. And um, her story about like why she started it is actually like really interesting. And she kind of talks a lot about like um how she was like restricted with food and like labeling foods as good and bad and like yeah it's like I it's like a really good story and like definitely someone that I want to support totally and yeah on the website you can get like different packs like there's vanilla there's a chocolate there's a gingerbread I really want to try the blueberry I feel like that would be a game changer just like it's like a mix of a peanut butter and a blueberry jam in the same time so also this is like we're not even getting paid to say any of this we like just generally genuinely love like this like new discovery which is like good because Kate and I were getting pretty bored we are getting pretty 
down to the dumps and just like eating the same cashew butter and almond butter every single day yeah to be clear on the record emma and i are getting paid for nothing (laughs) there's no payment maybe we'll get you know to flex a ambassador program or something like that we get some cbd soda sent to us but like this is not every yeah all everything that we're doing for free all the content we're giving you guys yeah we get nothing in return which is fine which is fine the memes free the free laughs uh the infographics free you know wellness information made easy to digest um our stupid conversations are also free uh probably shouldn't be released but that's about that um yeah make sure you guys are following you know cmos life our newest instagram venture it's like the more business side of the podcast empire versus the meme pages just kind of you know like relating to everyone who's experienced some trauma from the high carb low fat (laughs) environment i'm like so shocked every time we do something about that that so many people relate to it but you know we're all scarred in our own ways um but make sure you're following cmos life because that's kind of where like the infographics and the visual references are going to stay home and you can like scroll back and you know doing a lot to make it look pretty for you guys because that's all that matters (laughs) aesthetics aesthetics over everything else um what beverage are you drinking right now kate I made like half of a cup because I have an issue with peeing all the time. So I made like some moon juice dust. I did like brain dust because I feel silly. I also did um, spirit dust. And then I did some ashwagandha ginger from Mood Belly. And I just like blend it with hot water because I feel off. There's like something in my, my vibes are just off today entirely. Um, What about you? Um, I have like a little bit left of my like coffee my second cup of coffee and then I'm drinking the Hilma vitamin C I'm like I think I need some vitamin C perhaps in my life um and you know it's it's good right yeah we gotta have different beverages I feel like sometimes exactly. you know you taste your coffee more once you're not just drinking like so many cups of it and you gotta rotate it with little dust and stuff but that brings it's all about balance all about balance yeah and all about balance that brings us in today's episode all about exercise. Um, I think Emma and I, as it's like relates to eating disorder stuff, it relates to kind of like being perfectionist and just being young women living in a very, you know, big old city and living active lifestyles. This is a topic like we think about all of the fucking time, like every minute we're like thinking about this and how it relates to body image. So I'm sure it's very relatable for you guys, but we're very, very excited because, um, yeah, I think we have a lot of candid words of wisdom and like things we're also working through as well yes so i will call you back um welcome to episode 10 everyone sounds good all right let's get into episode 10 so to start off i think we can give the listeners a background about both of our experience with exercise kind of like you know our fitness journey and a little bit of a summary emma you want to go first Yeah, so I grew up being like a competitive athlete. I was a competitive swimmer, so I swam year round for about 12 years uh, from like second grade to like sophomore year of high school. And that definitely has shaped my relationship with exercise because I was like training every single day, like four hours a day. I got maybe a maximum of like four weeks off in like the entire year. And so from that, I definitely have just always felt that like, I can't take any rest days because I was never granted rest days back in like my youth. And also like, I just felt feel like I always have to like, sweat or like do some sort of like super intense thing to make my workout count. I So I think I just have like that athlete, like training mentality still kind of stuck in with me. Um, 
And once I quit swimming, it was mainly for like health reasons. I kind of hit a plateau and that was sort of during like my first eating, dis- first time having an eating disorder. And so like, I really just like had to kind of stop and I sort of just like grew out of it. Then I took some break from working out. And then I would say once I came back into for college, I started working out again. Um, right now I'm kind of like changing up my entire workout routine. I just am like not inspired. I've hit a plateau and I think like also like the pandemic has really forced me to change my workout uh, because I didn't have access to a gym for a while. And I just kind of realized that like, okay, I hate lifting weights. I actually hate doing high intensity stuff. And now I'm kind of getting more into like doing Pilates and just like listening to what my body wants. Cause I kind of have also realized that like what I was doing when I was like 15 and 16 is like not what my body is capable of slash like what it wants to be doing now. Yeah, I totally agree. I have a very similar story to Emma. I've been playing competitive volleyball since I've been in fourth grade. My mom played professionally. My sister played in college and I played into college. And so it was the same thing of like high school season. It was three hours after cl- after um, school got out or like matches in the evening. And then when it turned to club, I was traveling every single weekend to like different parts of the country, playing from tournaments from Friday to Monday. And you'd be playing from like 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. And you're always, I think this is a part of, I think, eating and like how I kind of correlate eating with food sometimes, because I remember we'd have to pack like meals to eat between volleyball games. And it was so much about like sustenance and like being full. Um, And I did experience, I feel like in high school once, I mean, I've been like lifting for a very long time. And I also like fucking hate lifting, um, as Emma said. I think it's just because we had had to do it in such an intense way for performance that like you don't really have it was like a team environment as well. Like you didn't really have autonomy over like, actually I fucking hate burpees. I don't want to fucking do them. Like you had to do so many for 45 seconds. And that was like the team workout. I am grateful for growing up. I think playing sports because I have such an awareness and like knowledge of, you know, different movements, targeting different muscle groups. Like I know how long I kind of need to work out. Generally. I know like what type of lifting things I can do, but at the same time, like, Yeah, so, like, with that, I think it would be really difficult to just, like, jump into working out if you're, like, in your 20s and you never have done anything, you know? But at the same time, like, yeah, I never had developed sort of, like, an autonomous relationship with working out and also have had experiences of, like, over-exercising, and that's kind of, like, what triggered, I think, eating disorder stuff, too. Like, being in that mindset of, like, burning off food was, like, a lot of what led, I think, to an eating disorder for me. Um, and then, yeah, once I quit volleyball at NYU, which was like the beginning of my junior year. So in 2019, that was kind of a rude awakening. Like, whole, I mean, it was a rude awakening for a lot of reasons, but it was also like, shit, I don't have to like go and lift and go to volleyball practice for three hours. Like I, I get to decide what I want to do. And like, I get to decide like what times I want to eat. Like, I remember there was times when our volleyball practice was like seven to 9 PM and it's a jumping sport and you're in tight spandex and I would just feel so bloated if I ate some of my favorite foods before practice, like sweet potatoes and squash. Like I feel like I would be like not able to perform. And so I'd have to eat just like almost like granola bars and snacks. And I never got to like cook and like enjoy like eating a lot of veggies. Cause it would like not, you know, it, I didn't have the time to digest them properly. Cause I was going on the go all the time. So I think, yeah, like as Emma was saying, finding a workout routine that worked for me. Once I quit volleyball, I really got into running. Honestly, it was like a way to, I think, see the city. And my mom runs now, even though she played volleyball. And it was 
something that I think was like really confidence boosting for me. Like, wow, I'm actually good at working out. Like I was always the worst kid at lifting. I got the lowest numbers when we had to test like back squats. And I mean, meanwhile, I was back squatting like 180 pounds, but I was always like fearful of numbers. I always had this performance anxiety of like, I only can do 25 pushups and everyone else can do like 40 or something. Um, and so going into working out, I think I've gotten a lot of questions like, Kate, would you ever run for a marathon or run for a marathon, run a marathon or do something like where there's a goal in the end? And I'm like, I don't think I want to do any sort of training because that's been my whole fucking life, like training for an event, training to meet a certain weight, whatever for lifting. So now I'm also kind of in a weird funk. Like Emma was saying, I think I've found that variety does work a lot better for me. Um, I was pretty into Soul Cycle before the pandemic, and that's like closed. I did like a few outdoor classes, but it was just honestly way too fucking cold to do that and too expensive. Um, and I like got a jump rope, which is really nice as another alternative. But I think pandemic has been hard for me because I didn't have access to a gym, like Emma was saying. And so then, you know, kind of spiraling like, well, I'm not working out enough. And like, how does that relate to food? Which yeah. I think is like what most people think about when they think about working out as well. Totally. And then one more thing that I also want to touch on, at least for my experience, like I was also like training with like boys, like when I was doing club swimming. And so it was like, you know, we were all doing the same sort of exercise. And so I've always have like kind of had this mentality of like training like a man almost. And like, there was never really any talk about like menstruation cycle and like how that impacts your performance. And Kate and I are going to get into this later in the episode. So like, I kind of have always been forced to like, basically ignore any of my like my body signal cues or like I just remember like always getting upset when I wasn't performing like in a certain way and like now realizing that like oh there's actually like science and reasoning behind it and it like has to do with like your menstruation cycle um so yeah just like another little thing that has kind of like shaped my training and just like my relationship with exercise totally I agree and also along that line like when you're playing a sport you can't really control you can't go to your coach and be like okay, we have a tournament on Saturday, but I'm going to get my into my luteal phase so I can't play. Like, you're really not in conjunction with your own hormones because it is such, like, a static, like, athletic thing. And granted, yeah, there are marathon, at, like, um, runners. There are Olympic athletes. They train throughout the whole fucking month. They're probably not, like, entirely stopping doing their high-intensity stuff. But I think for the everyday person who's, like, looking to use exercise as a form of movement and releasing endorphins and, like, living a healthy, balanced lifestyle – I think it is something to consider. Um, but yeah, if you're in like a very intense, I think, training environment, that's like a whole, whole different scheme. But Emma and I are just average normies figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. So I think like the first biggest thing is that like Kate and I are always talking about, it's like, oh my God, should I be taking a rest there? Or like, you know, how much is too much? Because um, like, again, like I think growing up being like an athlete, it's like, again, I never really got any rest days. And yeah also just kind of like associating I mean okay also just like trigger warning some of the stuff that we might be talking about might trigger yeah if it's like we're going to be talking about like you know how like we have always kind of associated like working out with like eating disorders and like burning calories so if this is like a trigger for you skip past through some parts maybe skip this episode um so just to kind of a little disclaimer yeah I would say definitely like if you are in a funk where you feel like you are super triggered by any form of associating calories with exercise. I think Emma and I obviously still have that like ingrained into us from coming from an eating disorder, but I think we're at a place where like, we're pretty level-headed about it. Um, So yeah, I think if you're in a place, definitely, definitely click out of this episode. Um, But so, yeah. So I think like 
for a while, I was always so nervous to taking a rest day because I would always be like, oh my God, like I'm not working out. Therefore, like I'm not burning any calories. Therefore, like I like have to eat less or mm-hmm. otherwise like I'll get fat or I'm going to like lose all of my like results if I like, take a rest day. And like, I know like Kate and I would always be like, we would like say like, oh yeah, maybe I'll take a rest day. And then it was like, it would be the afternoon and be like, and then like, I just remember like, I would be like, oh, I'm actually just going to go and work out. Like I need to do this. Right. Yeah. And I think with rest days too, like for some reason, I think growing up in such a competitive with like, I also worked out with like basketball players and stuff. Like it makes you weak. Like it's kind of an associated with like, oh, you're not tough enough to handle another day in the gym. And that's what I think I've internalized. I'm sure a lot of people internalize. Like I've had coaches, like definitely like if you're not performing, you get yelled at, you get punished. So how Mm -hmm. can I think like offering my body a day of rest is the good thing? Um, But at the same time, like, if you don't take a rest day, like, that is the day when your muscles are going to build for, like, what you've been doing to them. And I also noticed, too, I think this was, like, a difficult kind of, like, breaking point that I was always hungrier on rest days. And it's like, yeah, no shit, because your body actually has time to, like, absorb the energy that you were expending. Um, And it's, like, the time when your bodies repair and recover. And I think using weights, and if you're doing weightlifting or running or anything, it's a stressor on your body, like we talked about in the last episode. And so if you're not allowing for rest days to repair your cells and the damage, you're not going to see any gains muscle-wise. Like, I think parts of, not even the pandemic, but I think when I was, like, trying to really, really push myself to run more often, um, once again, like, listening to what other people were doing. I got into some, like, running YouTube videos and people were like, yeah, I clock, like, 40 miles a week. And I was like, I have never run over 25 miles a week. Do I even consider myself a runner? Like, what the fuck? Um, and so I tried to do some sort of run every single day, like different distances, different paces. And I just noticed like I was tearing my muscles so much, not giving them time to rest and also doing the same type of exercise too, which we'll get into later, but beating, beating up the same muscle over time is going to have that wear and tear. And I think any conversation about like rest days and wear and tear, it just seems so like fluffy to me and like fake almost like Mm -hmm. when we were talking about the, um, stress episode and how stress can like affect your digestion like that just seems so intangible to me and like floating in the universe that I'm like no it can't like Michael Jordan doesn't take a rest day like his he's probably stressed all the fucking time and he can digest broccoli like but I think when you're thinking about like everyday health and longevity like you do need to take rest days and that's going to be determined for like what your lifestyle is I know some people I think Emma and I live like a very active lifestyle where like some days we just walk um some days we'll do less walking and like a workout. Sometimes when I run, I like don't walk as much and I just do more stretching. So that definitely has to be determined by like what your body needs and your lifestyle too. Totally. And so it's like typically recommended to take at least two days of rest. And I think like one thing is just like, you really just have to get out of the mindset of like, I don't work out. I'm not burning calories and like food compromising. Like, and of course that's going to like take a really long time to get um over because like that's like super ingrained into your mind and like you know with like diet culture and everything and that's something that like I definitely still kind of struggle with um but just because you take a rest day doesn't mean that like you're just going to be sitting on your ass all day like you can still you know do yoga go walking you know foam roll um and so like you should prioritize these things on rest days and like Kate said like some days like we just like we'll walk a lot or maybe we'll do like a kind of intense workout and then you know stretch for us today so it's just like having a balance um And I think, you know, it's just important to listen to yourself and your body and trust what your body is telling you. 
So take more rest days if you need to. And like, you know, these a sign that you maybe need to take another rest day is like if you feel super fatigued or if you have like soreness. And I think another thing too is like to plan out your rest days. That's like something that I don't really do. And I think like if I had done that early on, that would have helped me kind of get over my fear of rest days. Um, Cause then you kind of get more comfortable and you can kind of prepare for them. And like now sometimes Kate and I will like plan a day where we'll just like walk a lot or like maybe like, you know, ride the subway to like get cake or something. And like, mm-hmm. we will do that on our rest day. And like, I think it's like good then to like those days to maybe do something new with like a friend to like kind of distract you from like the thought of like, taking a rest day you know just like keeping yourself busy so you're not like sitting and spiraling being like oh my god I should be working out totally and I think that's another thing with pandemic that like altered it because I knew during the school year and when I was also interning and like working I did not have much time to like think about when I was gonna work out like I didn't have ample hours of the day I remember I'd always wake up at 7 30 go on my run eat breakfast and I had to be out of the door by 9 30 to get to my class so I think pandemic, like I'm always saying, making a schedule can be helpful. I do think I've slipped up in that aspect where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm kind of hungry. I'm just going to like eat breakfast and read a book and then maybe I'll work out. And that I think is not, if you are really looking to be consistent with working out, like that's the only way you're going to see results. And I think that's like the only advice I've really given about like running for me. Like if I had to just like put my shoes on at a random time of the day, random meals, like random sleep schedule. Like you do have to take this almost like it is, it is, has to be a little bit rigid in like a schedule. Like it's not a job to like work out. Obviously it shouldn't feel like oppressive and you shouldn't, you shouldn't hate what you're doing. Obviously like it's not going to sustain. I've tried to work out my ways, work out certain ways and just hated them. And that's not going to stick. But if you know, like tomorrow's going to be my rest day because I have a lot of other shit going for you. Like that was like, I was saying, like I, when I had school, there was one day where I had classes at such weird times that there was absolutely no way for me to work out. And that was like, okay, that day is entirely off. Like that is your rest day. Adjust your schedule based on that. Um, And the next part of it, we're going to talk about female hormones. So this is something I have heard of. And I was like, this is wacky woo woo science. Like this is not real. Uh, I think just, you know, growing up and, you know, just go run a killer, just go jump and do all this shit. You never really consider like how it affects your hormones. Um, I have had about a consistent period for about a year now, but I would say like I got my period when I was first 13 Um, on and off. I would get it for like one month, one day of a bleed. I wouldn't get it for six months. I would get it for like two days or something like that very light. I've never had any PMS symptoms. Like, thank God. I know it's terrible. I've never had cramps. I've never had bloating from my period. I've never had tender breasts, like all of the symptoms of period, like my body at the, at that point, cause I was working out so much, I was never underweight, but I was at the point where I was stressing out my body that it could like barely produce a period. It was like here, like half a tampon is full. Like that's about it. So now that I've started to look at my relationship with exercise in tangent to my hormones because I want to keep my period. Like, I think that's offered me a sigh of relief that like, shit, why did I, why did I not feel like I had the energy to go on a long run today? And like, why did my body want to just do some like stationary resistance band stuff today? So we're going to get into the phases of your menstrual cycle. I think, first of all, I use the the flow app to track my period. Yeah, me as well. Um, I've also used, I think it's like, 
Clue is another period app. Um, but I really like the visuals of like flow. There's like a paid version I've always thought about getting because it has like deeper insights into like every day of your cycle. But like knowing myself, I would be like, all right, day 16, I need to eat a tablespoon of flaxseed or I'm going to die. Like, I don't think I need that much information. Emma and I are wellness gods that is is like, I don't need that much. So the phase of your menstrual cycle is going to be the first day you get your period and it lasts until the day you ovulate. It is called the follicular phase. The second phase is called the luteal phase. This is going to start after you ovulate and then it goes till your next period. So those are kind of like the two broad shifts throughout the months where your hormones are going to fluctuate. And then there's like four phases kind of like thinking of, they're not really necessarily like a week. Some of them are shorter than others, but that's kind of how I think training can be beneficial. It can be also really difficult to be like, what week am I in? Like, but I think having a period tracking app is like a really easy way to know. You can just go on the app and be like, okay, I'm on day this. That means I'm in this part. So the first phase is your menstrual phase. As I mentioned, this is going to start when your period begins and it can last three to six days for your cycle, depending on the regularity of your own cycle. Um, And then this is going to be when progesterone and your basal body temperature drop. So this is like because your body starts your period, your hormones are changing. The next thing is going to be after menstruation, your follicular phase, like I said before. Typically, it's going to end around day 12. So it's going to be like almost half of a month, a little bit less. So this first part of your period is going to be when your metabolism works slower. You're going to become more insulin resistant. And your blood sugar levels are going to become irregular. This is when you're going to have a lot of energy to do high intensity workouts. Um, In the beginning part of your period, when you like are actually menstruating and like having to deal with that, you might not want to work out at all. But energy wise, your estrogen is going to be increasing through this part of your phase. So that's like why I think at a hormone level, you might have more energy. Um, One thing I noticed specifically is like with food and relates to my menstrual cycle, like this first part of my period, I would just be have like a sugar crash or almost like be really hangry in the afternoon. And that's because your blood sugar levels are so sensitive. So having a very solid, I think this is some, something Emma and I are working on, like having a really solid, like nourishing, nutritious, like snack midday is something that can be really helpful to like keep you stable. Otherwise I'll get like super, super hangry and like up and down. The next phase is going to be your ovulatory phase. This is going to be A shorter phase, it's like three to four days. Most of the times it's day 13 to 16 and your energy is going to be at your peak because estrogen and your luteinizing hormone are at their peak. You're most fertile. So like when you hear about, you know, sex ed, even though it sucks in this country, like that's when you're most likely to conceive. Then the the last phase, which I think women should really pay attention to because this is the one where I think you have the most control over because it's almost like the longest, like you can't really fuck it up. In all honesty, like I don't really notice when I'm between my menstrual and follicular. I just like kind of associate it with the two chunks of like the first part of my period, the second part of my period. Yeah, me as well. Yeah. So your luteal phase is going to be after you ovulate and it's going to end when your next period starts. So your progesterone is going to rise, which is like one of your, you know, female hormones you have. It's going to prep you for the next cycle. So this is when you could experience PMS. And this is why this part of your cycle is a lot of um, the exercise should be low intensity stuff. One thing about your metabolism like that kind of shook my world is your body's going to be burning more fuel and you're going to require more calories. It could be to anywhere from 200 to 300 calories on average based on like what your metabolism is doing to prepare for the next cycle. Another thing to keep in mind is that your body's stress response is also heightened. So in the last episode, we talked a lot about cortisol. So if you want to get more of like a stress overview, definitely go back there. 
But this last part of your cycle, you're going to release more cortisol in response to stress. So this is why you do not want to put more stress on your body and do really, really intense working out. So there have been periods of time when like I've been doing the same working out for the entire part of the month. And I've been trying, I think this month, like I'm in my luteal phase right now. I've been trying to do less intense stuff because I also noticed like my chin acne has kind of gone away because I haven't done anything intense in like a few days. I've been doing a lot of like light resistance band stuff, stretching and like slow, slow weightlifting. So if you want more information about the menstrual stuff, it'll be in one of our infographics on Thursday, just because it's like a lot to digest. And it's actually like really, there's like so much information. You could read plenty books on this, but overall in a summary, like you're going to have different phases as a woman when you are working out, your hormone levels are going to change and that changes your energy level, your mood, your appetite, your ability to recover from exercise, stress response, and also like how you process food and exercise. So I think that's just like a general disclaimer to know going forward. Totally. And yeah, to go along with that. So it's like, yeah, if you feel like if you get mad or discouraged, like, oh my God, why am I like not performing as well? Or like, why do I not feel like working out? There's definitely like probably reasoning behind it. And mm-hmm. so yeah, like definitely looking at your menstrual menstrual cycle can like really give you some like clear insight as to like why. So you're not like just randomly guessing and getting mad at yourself. Yeah. Um, so the next part is like how long or like how much exercise do I need to do in order to like see benefits or results? And I think Kate and I are always like wondering, like, okay, like should do I just need to do like 20 minutes a day or do I like need to like do like an hour of exercise? And I think this is like something that like I'm still trying to figure out because again, like when I was like a swimmer I was like training so much so I always kind of in the back of my mind I'm like I need to like work out for like an hour otherwise it was like pointless or like not even a real workout yeah which is totally like fake and just like some stupid thing that I made up in my mind um but yeah so and also just kind of like I feel like you know generally I probably work out for like 45 minutes enough or like roughly but then also kind of getting into like what happens to the muscle after break after it like breaks down and everything um so okay do you want to get into yeah for sure like one thing I noticed with running I always felt pressure to run longer distances do more cardio and I kind of tapped myself at a certain point where I was like I'm gonna run for 40 minutes stretch before and after I heard that like you know doing more and are more than an hour of cardio like your body at a certain point is not going to have any tangible benefits. You're just going to see a lot of muscle breakdown. And I think for women, especially when you're like, I want to lose fat, I want to burn calories. Like that is a lot of the dieting exercise marketing. Mm -hmm. So what's the fastest way to do it? Cardio. And like you become so stigmatized by the idea of lifting a weight or doing anything low impact because Emma was saying like you connotate it with like being good or bad or being real or fake or like worth it or not. And so, like, if you're doing too much cardio, you can start to lose muscle that you might have gained in other forms of workouts. So if you're lifting a ton and just doing a bunch of cardio, you're going to, like, lose muscle mass that you're working so hard to gain. And it's going to slow down your metabolism. So, like, that's the rate that you're going to burn calories at. So though it might seem like doing a ton of cardio is going to, like, obviously attribute it to, like, weight loss and losing fat if you're at, like, a certain weight. Once you hit a certain point, your body really can't do anymore so that's when it starts to attack your muscle fibers so I think it just gets to a really dangerous place when you and I've been there too where you're doing so much cardio and then you're not seeing results so then the the brain goes to I need to do more cardio Mm -hmm. which is only going to lead to more muscle breakdown you're going to have so much fatigue I've had so many like stress fractures because I was so weak of just like beating my body um and so that's an area where I am definitely trying to improve upon like 
not like using cardio for what it is, but that's not like going to fix all your ailments overnight. Like it's not one fix. So yeah, like the general recommendation for like any like adult is to get at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity or 75 minutes of vigorous intensity each week. And it's also like Kate mentioned, like doing too much cardio can have some sort of impact, um, negative impact on you. And so it's like best to kind of switch up and do different exercises as our bodies will adjust and adapt to our daily workload. So if you're like super into like doing high intensity stuff, um, interval training, it's typically recommended to do like 20 to 30 minutes, because if you do it properly, you are like maxing out during those like 30 seconds where you are like on doing like, you know, your burpees or whatever that like after like 20 to 30 minutes, like your body, like literally will not be able to do any more. Mm-hmm. And then for like recovery days, so this can be like your yoga, stretching, Pilates, perhaps like 30 to 45 minutes is generally recommended. Then your long moderate workouts. So this is like, you know, your typical standard, like you may be going to the gym, doing a little warm up on the treadmill, perhaps lifting weights, yada, yada, yada. That's probably, you know, typically recommended to be around like 45 to 90 minutes. But again, like everyone's different. You might like to do longer workouts every day or like shorter workouts. It just kind of totally depends also just like on your work routine or like what your work schedule is like. Um, and kind of like in regards to maybe seeing like results and everything, um, if you are focused on like, you know, some sort of physical, uh, result, everyone's body's different. And there's so many, many different, there's many different factors that can determine how quickly you will see results if you are seeking to see results. Um, and I think it's like, in order to not get discouraged over like, oh my God, I've been like training. I think this is something that Kate and I like have been dealing with. It's like, we work out every single day. Like, why the fuck do I not have abs? Why do I not look like this? Um, there's like so many, factors that can play into like why you're maybe not seeing results and I think one thing that has helped me the most is like kind of focusing less on like the physical results and focusing more on like performance like endurance and strength like I remember like two years ago like I would be like so tired like after maybe like doing the Stairmaster for like 15 minutes and now it's like I can do it for like 30 minutes and I like yeah I'm out of breath but like I'm not like dying or like now, you know, I can, you know, lift a certain amount of weights and like, I feel fine. Um, so kind of focusing more on like endurance and strength and then also like mental results. So like maybe you're experiencing more clarity now that you're working out more, you're experiencing less anxiety or sleeping better. So I think those are like more important because, you know, those actually like, I find those to be more, mo- more motivating for me than like the actual physical results. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think creating goals within the workout that like are not associated to food and not associated to like your own perfection. Like for a while it was like, okay, I couldn't run under an eight minute mile pace on my run. Like that means that I'm stupid and I'm not going to graduate college. Like keeping it to be like, okay, maybe I didn't stretch before that workout. I think don't go like entirely paranoid, like obsessing over all of your workouts, why they went well, why they didn't. But I think that's like a tool that I've used to like not associate my food with working out because that Mm. gets so messy. And I feel like I've been relatively good about not doing that. I think Emma and I, like we were saying, like we went and got happy Zoe on a rest day, like something I would not think about doing years ago or in my past, which like triggering trigger warning. um, I would definitely like work out after I ate dinner sometimes in high school when I was in like the pit of my work of my eating disorder. Like I would go on the treadmill after I had volleyball practice or something because I felt like I didn't deserve my food. And like 
eating disorders are so much more than the food. And that's why I think if you don't have one, it's really difficult to relate to it. Cause it's like, just get over it and eat food. But it's like you associate it with your own, your own like character and your own worth when it gets so intangent with each other. And I think that's a way to like get exercise out of there. Like stop worrying about how exercise is going to give you, yeah, like some new body overnight and it's going to like burn off the food that you ate the prior day because that can just get so obsessive. And I've, I've started to, I think, separate exercise and food from each other, like really tapping into cravings and like, damn, I eat the same thing every day. Like, do I actually like the taste of it? Am I even tasting my meals versus like, I just got home from a really tired run. Like I'm going to go eat whatever the hell I want to, cause I deserved it. Like that's another area where I think can get great too. Um, yeah. The next part I think is talking about walking. Um, this is kind of like your two grandmothers talking to you. <laughs> um, cause like Emma and I listen to a lot of health professionals like Dr. Mark Hyman or people that are in their fifties and sixties have been like talking about health for a long time. And they always talk about the importance of longevity and like how to live a long life. Like if you know about like the Aquanauans and like blue zones, like there are certain lifestyle habits that can translate over to longevity and one of them being walking. Now, I think like constantly looking at your health app and tracking how many steps you get in a day, like that is an obsessive type of like behavior that I think once again, I've probably been there before, but walking, I think is a nice way when we were talking in the last episode about like a stress response, it's like kind of a form of meditation for me. Um, I get really anxious when I'm sitting in one place, like for hours and hours and hours. And I think walking, there is like proven studies that if you're walking at a very like, um, therapeutic pace, almost not therapeutic, but like monotonous pace, like your body gets into a rhythm and like, it definitely helps me like deal with stress, but it's like not using it in a way. I mean, I, you probably can walk too much if you're walking from 8am to 8pm, but it's like, you go on a 20 minute walk, like, that's not like, I don't know, maybe that's controversial, but like, that's not like, over exercising almost. And also like, I think something to keep in mind, like I didn't get obsessive over walking until I moved to New York. Um, yeah. And like the whole like walking thing is very prevalent here, obviously, because like, you have it's to. just like, that's how it is here. Um, But yeah, so I'm sure you guys probably and like, I also agree, like walking is like really good, like therapy. It's really it's a good way for me to release stress. It's, it's a good way for me to like get some fresh air. Um, and yeah, I don't really associate my walking as like burning extra calories or as some form of workout. I just kind of do it because it's like good for like mental clarity. And yeah. Kate and I always talk about like walking is like, yeah, our form of meditation. Like I can't really meditate, but like for <laughs> me, like I can like kind of zone out, like sort of like turn off my brain when I'm walking, just like playing some like music and I feel so much better after it. But I'm sure, like, everyone probably has heard, like, the 10,000 steps. Like, you yeah. need to take 10,000 steps. And um, I think it's actually interesting. There's, like, actually, like, a whole, like, kind of little history behind the 10,000 steps, which I think is interesting. Um, so, it, like, it actually dates back to 1965 when this, like, Japanese company made this, like, step meter, like, watch type thing called, like, the Monpo Key. Um, and it's spelled m-a-n-p-o hyphen k-e-i which then translates to like 10,000 steps meter and it, the name was actually a marketing tool because the character for 10,000 looks like a little person walking and so this has become like so widespread and ingrained into our health consciousness that it's like now kind of like the default number on most trackers mm-hmm. and whether like 10,000 is like actually like scientifically like the amount you need in order to like I don't know see results or whatever is like a little iffy because like I know especially like when I'm back home in the midwest like 
for Christmas, for example, like I was maybe taking like 5,000 steps like a day, like, which is like, if I was like, like, that's like kind of unheard of for me, like in New York. Um, and I have read studies saying that like, honestly, like 4,000 is like almost like enough. Right. And like, once again, I think for me running, you're doing the same type of movement. So like if I'm running and then I'm getting an additional 10,000 steps, like that is a crazy amount of movement. And there were periods of time when I was doing that. And then I was like, wow, my acne, I'm so inflamed. My joints hurt. And I'm so, so hungry. Like what the heck? And it's like, yeah, Kate, because you're like overstressing your body. So I think that's one way I have like realized that like, yeah, steps are just kind of an individual thing. But once again, like I was saying, it's like a lifestyle thing here in New York. Yeah, I was not doing as much in like the fucking tundra in Minnesota. Um, And this kind of gets into a next area, which I have always been like confused about, I think, with working out. Like anytime you're on a treadmill or an elliptical and it says calories burned, like how the hell do they know that? So there's sometimes when you go to treadmill, you know, and it'll say, what's your height? What's your weight? That would be in conjunction with your BMI. So that's like creating a number and they're basing it off of that. So it's like, do these fitness trackers work? Like, what does this calorie burner shit mean? I've gone on websites, like, just seeing, like, how many calories should, like, a 22-year-old woman that is this height, this weight, like, eat. And I have gotten everything from, like, 12,000 calories to, like, 3,000 calories. Everything. Like, if I pulled up 10 websites right now, I would not get a concise number. And that was, like, driving me crazy. I mean, Emma and I have made jokes. I'm like, could someone just, like, fucking tell me? Like, could someone tell me exactly what I should eat? Exactly, like, how many calories? How much I should move? Like, what the fuck? Why is there so much mystery around this? And that kind of gets into these, like, um, tracking devices and, like, just being so cognizant of, like, calories burned. Like, when it's based on your BMI, that doesn't account for the amount of muscle on your body. Um, I guess there are places where you can account for your lean fat mass and your lean body mass to, like, make it more accurate. But then it gets back to the point of, like, okay, so maybe if you're, like, a bodybuilder and you're training for a competition, you have to hit a certain, like, lean body mass ratio. But, like, for the everyday person, like, that just becomes so toxic when it's like all about how much you burn. And then like, I think that gets into another place where I'm like, well, shit, I got to eat a lot or I'm going to like literally die. Like that's kind of an eating disorder thing when you like are in starvation mode. I'm like, shit, like if I burn this much, does that mean I'm in starvation mode again? Uh, yeah. And yeah, like women often fear, like I said before, like lifting weights cause you're going to get bulky, but actually you're in- increasing your metabolic efficiency with more muscle on your body. So I think you can enjoy a range of exercises, but, like, when you're looking at these devices to, like, I don't know, get you over, like, a, a an exercise, not an exercise slump, but kind of, like, how you feel about your body or, like, losing weight and fat loss. Like, there are some, like, the Whoop, I think it's called. I've seen some trainers post about it that tracks everything, but it, like, tracks how much you sleep as well. Like, that's a huge factor that, uh, like, accounts for how you're exercising and your body ratio and all that stuff, so... I think just be cautious of that because that can get into a really, really, like, orthorexic tendency, which, like, I have definitely been into in the past. Totally. And also, like, it can definitely be very triggering. Like, I know for me, especially, like, whenever, like, some people will post, like, screenshots of, like, you know, going, like, on a run or, like, you know, whatever, and, like, they track and then it's, like, it has, like, the little number of, like, calories. Um, That has always been super triggering for me because I'll see, like, oh, my God, this person burned, like, 700 calories like I wonder if I burned that many calories and yeah it's like definitely like a slippery slope um and again it's like you can't really avoid it like if you go on any workout machine you're gonna see the little calorie number um so I have kind of just like learned just to like ignore that and yeah kind of separate the calories from my working out yeah and another thing with calories like is calorie counting helpful 
I don't know. It depends on the person. Like, I have had to do it from eating disorder past. I was not able to eat intuitively. I didn't have hunger cues. And you might need to track in some form to restore weight if you are experienced, like, an eating disorder or find yourself relapsing. Or you just feel like you're entirely, like, spiraling about food. Like, it could be helpful to, like, generally know. Um, Mm -hmm. I think a one way you can do it as well is, like, kind of accounting for – I think this is the way that I did my first eating disorder – treatment which I didn't really love but it was like okay how many carbohydrates are you eating per meal like how many fat sources are you having like how many snacks and meals are you having and you have to like kind of associate them throughout the day but then I was like not really in tune with my hunger cues and I understand like you should be conscious of like what nutrients you're eating but at the same time it was like 2 p.m and I was supposed to eat a fat and a carb and I was like I don't want to like I want to eat like a protein smoothie like it was, it felt kind of restrictive that I didn't get to like, like control or not like eat, eat what I wanted to eat basically. Yeah. You're getting yeah. To that place. Like I think just eating enough is the first place to start and then you can get into nutrition from there. I, yeah, when I kind of went, when I was working with a nutritional therapist over the summer, she sort of gave me like a meal plan and like was, and it was like, you know, eating six meals a day and like kind of like have eating, she didn't have me track my calories, but it was like making sure that I was eating like after like X amount of hours and getting these many meals in, because again, yeah, I have like no hunger cues. So like some days, like I can just, I would be able to just like go without like really even noticing that I like wasn't hungry. And then like, I would be super hungry other days. Um, but I think like another good thing is like to keep a food journal. I brought my food journal back. And so if you like want to like track kind of like your food intake or like look at like, okay, like I am just eating like one fat source, maybe I need to like mix it up. Um, that's like a really good way because then it kind of like takes away the whole like calorie aspect. So like, you can still be mindful and like keep track of what you're eating without like, constantly being shown like how many calories are like, in your like, piece of like bread or whatever. Yeah. And I think too, like coming from the standard American diet where there's like nutrition labels on everything, like that can mm-hmm. be triggering. I mean, eating disorder wise, like, you know, we've all been down those like a hundred calorie, like ice cream bars and a hundred calorie, like cookie bites. Um, and once again, like, you're not really like, I felt like when I was kind of in that world, like in high school, it was like, I wasn't even caring what I was eating. I was like, okay, this is just calories. And that's all I can have for this like snack or something. Mm-hmm. now like I think that's a nice thing about kind of eating like more of a whole foods plant-based diet um because like okay this sweet potato is like this size I don't have a fucking food scale like I don't actually know how many calories are in it like I mean you could go obsessive if you want to but like I don't have enough mental capacity and I don't think that's really healthy to like weigh your food and track your food I mean I still am like okay my oatmeal was probably this much of a cup and like I probably had a handful of nuts but I'm not like four cashews like let's see how much how many calories are in that so that's another way to go about it I think like when you're not eating as many foods that have that, that are processed and so they have like a nutrition label on them like maybe making yeah. your own granola bars or making your own banana bread um then you're not going to know and like that can be a one way to like overcome food fears too yeah so then the next thing is like nutrition because of course like I think especially like, again, when we were training, there was so much emphasis on like nutrition and how much to eat, like what macronutrients you should eat. And also like, if you search like, you know, how soon should I eat after working out all that stuff? So like, I remember actually like, this was like maybe a few months ago, Kate and I were like obsessed with like protein and we were like low key, like we were like so obsessive over and we were like trying to hit like a hundred grams for whatever fucking reason. Like Kate and I are not crazy bodybuilders. (laughs) Like, I don't know why we were like, I need to like, 
eat all this protein and like what like all the stuff because I think like Kate and I are always like oh like we're not seeing results like maybe I need to like change this in my diet or maybe I'm eating like too much of this or whatever and it was just like we were constantly spiraling yeah and like we were aware of it but it was just like I think again like with like the pandemic it's like we don't have that much like there's not much else going on so like we just definitely got like a little obsessive or like we're overthinking things that like do not need to be that like deeply thought out yeah and like I don't know I also think it's like the average straight dude that's going to the fucking gym like some of them are gym junkies and they know everything about nutrition but like they're not eating 20 grams of protein after they fucking work out 15 minutes after like and they don't get results like that's another thing like anytime I've tried to been like tried to relate my body to like this dude is getting results and he like I don't know I feel like I've dated dudes and they're like I work out two times a week and I just like eat like this and I'm like what the fuck and you have abs and you have this like don't associate like don't compare yourself to anyone else once again yeah so I definitely I mean like I'm assuming most people that are listening to this like you're just like working out for like to get some daily exercise to you know de-stress and so I think it's just like at least for me like it's just essential to get all the macronutrients um because if you cut out one macronutrient like you're not your body's not going to be getting certain nutrients that it needs and so eating like fats it's important for like cell it supports cell growth and also helps in absorbing nutrients protein is essential for building bones tissue metabolic reactions also like our bodies produce most amino acids but there are like the nine that we cannot produce and we must obtain from our diet so that's why you'll see like with certain protein powders it'll say like contains all nine essential amino acids these those essential amino acids are like the amino acids that your body can't produce and so that's why like you have to obtain them from your diet and then carbs also they carbs often get like a bad rep um because it's you know people think like carbs will make you fat or whatever but it's like our main source of fuel especially for our brain because our brain doesn't use um fats or proteins as well as well as compared to carbs uh-huh. and also fiber is a type of carb so it's essential for digestion so it's like yeah fucking like broccoli has has carbs in it bananas like those have carbs um and so I think like kind of like remembering that like yeah like pretty much all foods have carbs so it's like kind of like hard to avoid it uh-huh. um and I I mean of course like if you are into like heavy lift weightlifting you might want to prioritize um eating or just increasing your protein intake and then if you're doing more like cardio or like a long distance runner you're probably going to want to make sure you're getting plenty of carbs so you can fuel those workouts um and yeah I think it's just like most important at least for me I just have realized like eating like a whole foods like mostly plant-based diet that's like well-rounded and isn't restrictive and is like filled with healthy fats proteins and minimally processed carbs that's what makes me feel best that's like kind of how I'm able to get through all my workouts and I just feel like I have like the most sustained energy when I do eat that way Mm -hmm. there have definitely been times in the past where I was like oh my god like I need to like not eat like this many amount of or I can only eat this amount of carbs or like I can't eat this much like fat like definitely when I was going through the high carb low fat phase which Mm -hmm. I'm sure so many of you guys can relate to like I like definitely like felt like so gross and like not great. And I like felt lethargic and stuff. And so like, I definitely have realized that like, okay, it's like, I, it's there, it's important to get all the macronutrients. Yeah. And like, along with that point of like, going back to like, what might've worked for you five years ago doesn't work for you now. Like when I first went vegan, like high carb, low fat propaganda is shoved into your face by freely the banana Mm -hmm. girl. And like, there were periods when I was like, okay, well I need to like eat watermelon like two bowl like a bowl of watermelon and then I'll have my oatmeal and I need like 20 minutes in between and like all those rigid food rules like it might have worked for me in the beginning like I remember when I first went vegan I had really clear skin but that was probably because I was cutting out like 
eating like Twinkies and stuff. So yeah. then like you need to make adjustments down the road and that can be scary, like getting over certain like food fears or rules or like silly things you've put in your head that don't make any fucking sense. Like food combining is kind of, I hate it. I hate it. We've posted memes that I hate it. Like mm-hmm. there's probably some fucking science in it that has helped one like Tribeca mommy not bloat to like not eat carbs and fat together. But like at the same time, you're just putting new rules and pressure on yourself and you're not like enjoying your meals. Um, and the next part is like how to soon to eat after working out. It's recommended that you eat a combination of carbs and protein within 45 minutes after an hour of working out. So, or 45 minutes to an hour of working out. So I think working out and knowing what you're going to eat after. So it's not like getting to the kitchen and like scanning the pantry, like what the fuck am I going to make? Um, and making sure that you are eating after you work out though. You might be like, well, I just burned something. I don't want to eat something after if you're not eating after you work out, it can lead to feeling tired, very disoriented, like low blood sugar. Um, it can get into way get into the way of actually, you know, benefiting from your workout. Like you're not going to recover your muscles unless they're fed like nutrients. Um, it also can be triggering, yeah, because I think some people they'll be like, oh, I did this spin class, and I'm gonna go get a coffee, and then I have to like walk up to Tribeca or something, and I'm like, then you start to compare yourself to them, and it's like, well, maybe I don't need to eat, and maybe I need to go work out again. So once again, stay in your lane. It's really fucking hard, but I think knowing what's best for your body and not comparing it to what other people are doing, because even though it might look good, they could probably be suffering extreme health problems or feel like shit and just look a certain way. So yeah. Yeah. And then I think like the last thing is like signs that you need to take a break from working out or you have like an unhealthy relationship with working out. I think especially like sign that you have an unhealthy relationship is like with exercises of you feel super guilty if you don't work out every single day or if you like don't work out for the x amount of minutes um and if you're just kind of like always associating it with like calories like i have to work out because i need to burn calories that's like definitely a sign that like you do not have a healthy relationship and it's like probably going to be very hard to break that um but i think like signs that you need to take a break is if you're like constantly getting injured um you've hit a plateau or you're super tired and fatigued um for me I not necessarily taking a break from working out, but I have definitely not been inspired or excited by what I was doing for exercise for the longest time. And that's why I have decided to change up my workout routine. After this, I'm actually, I have to go (laughs) and hand deliver a letter (laughs) as to why I want to quit my Planet Fitness membership. (laughs) Because like, you can't just like quit, go and be like, hey, I want to like cancel my membership. You have to like literally write down a reason. And like the reasons on their website were like, because like your doctor said you can't work out for more than like six months or you're like moving somewhere that isn't near a planet fitness gym so I like called the lady I was like yo like (laughs) I want to like cancel my gym but like these are not the scenarios and I literally and she's like you can just write down like I just don't feel safe anymore so I'm literally gonna be like um I have body dysmorphia I'm I can't look at myself in the mirror anymore (laughs) um (laughs) I'm not actually gonna write down that but like that's like base like I'm just like I like don't like, yeah, me just, like, doing the Stairmaster and, like, lifting weights and, like, kind of, like, not even focusing on, like, my muscles while I'm lifting weights. Like, I'm just, like, not getting the results that I want. I just feel like what I'm doing is, like, not really being, like, beneficial for me. So that's why I've decided to do Pilates now. And I also ordered a jump rope. So I'm going to start jump roping. And I'm really excited um, because I definitely knew that, like, okay, I need to switch things up. But I think, again, like, being like nervous because like definitely this is like more low impact stuff and I was kind of in the mindset of like this isn't going to be enough exercise but it's like you know what 
there's nothing else going on. Like I'm not seeing anyone. Like this is like the perfect time for me to experiment and try something new. And obviously like if I wasn't getting the results that I was seeking out, like in my like past workout routine, that's definitely a sign that like, okay, something needs to change. And like what you're doing is no longer working for your body. Yeah. I think for me, I don't know if I'm like at a plateau or something. I just think my body dysmorphia gets really intense when I like don't like what I'm doing workout wise. Um, And I've noticed that I am kind of in a place where I'm just like, what the fuck do I look like? And for me, like another thing with doing a lot of running, um, I mean, a lot is like under 25 miles a week. I'm not a fucking marathon runner, anyone. Don't get it twisted. But (laughs) I noticed like when I would get home and I would like eat breakfast or dinner or like lunch or whatever, snacks, I would just be so fucking hungry. Like I felt like I was a 13 year old boy and I just don't like that feeling from like the health perspective. And I'm really just want to focus on my nutrition and food a lot more. Like I already eat like a fairly healthy, you know, like plant-based diet, but I think it's like the thing where you're eating food and you're not even tasting your food. Like I'm eating every day for sustenance and just to like get to my next day, but I'm not making new meals. And I don't even know like what my omega-3 levels are. And like, that's, I think an area that I really want to tap into. Like I want to be the wellness God that I want to be in the world. And so I think doing so much running and intense workout all the fucking time would just stress my body out. So that's, I think, one way that I'm scaling back to in the new year. Love that. Love that for us. So Emma and I are kind of on like a new little fitness kick. And that's kind of why I thought we should make this episode for you guys. But I think one time, you know, we're going to we're going to jump rope together once it's warm enough. That'll be a fun. We can make some content out of that. We're, we're, we're going to jump rope and then we're going to get cake right afterwards. Yeah, we have a vision. Us in McCarran Park, strolling over to Happy Zoe, walking in, requesting cake and doing whatever the hell we want with the rest of our day. Uh, Fuck yeah. Yeah. But I mean, also another notice or announcement. We've hit 2K in our meme account. <laughs> Emma and I are so excited. Uh, thank you all for supporting our shitpost <laughs> brains. There's going to be some fire meme content coming out later today. I mean, at, at this point, you've already probably like. I mean, we 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 be putting out fire memes every single day, Kate. Yeah. Don't we're not going to you know undersell ourselves. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, for artists. I wish you the best in your journey to Planet Fitness. Thanks. Yeah, I'm super stoked. I have to like go to Staples to like print out my like written letter because like my printer doesn't work. It's so fucking dumb. I'm like, this is like annoying, but like whatever. Yeah, that's the worst. Um, though I kind of you know did my little like ode to hating running. I might go on a run because I haven't in like a week, and I just want to like you know see Manhattan because it's kind of scary. Um, I want to go to the <laughs> river, see some old people running that you know I'd wave and nod at again. Feel like I'm back and I have a community <laughs> of strangers obsessed obsessed well dog we did it again episode we did it again thank you guys for following listening you know where to hit all of our links to stay connected with us but like